Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. In today's video, we're going to keep going through our positional rankings post the NFL draft. So yesterday I went through my top 12 running backs. Today it's time to talk about my top 12 wide receivers. And same thing with last video. If you guys are enjoying this content, do me a huge favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. And then I want to know your thoughts about these rankings down below in the comment section. Obviously, these are going to change over time. We still have a lot of, you know, time left in the offseason before we're actually doing, you know, real season long fantasy drafts. So I want to hear what you guys think, what players you think are too high or too low, or maybe you think a player, you know, got snubbed from the top 12. Let me know your thoughts down below in the comment section, and I'll make sure to get back to every single person. But let's jump right into the rankings and let's start it off here at number one. And this is where I have Cooper Cup. In my opinion, he is the pretty clear number one. I feel like this is pretty consensus. I mean, just looking back at last year, one of the best wide receiver seasons of all time. For fantasy, he averaged 25.9 points per game. That is absurd. And then just looking at his raw stats, 145 receptions, 1,947 receiving yards, and then 16 touchdowns. He obviously was just a perfect fit in this McVay offense led by Matthew Stafford. The wide receiver room is going to look a little bit different. You have no more Bobby Trees. He obviously got injured midseason last year, but Cooper Cup was balling out with him in the lineup and after he got injured. OBJ hasn't signed anywhere this offseason, so maybe he returns, maybe he doesn't. Allen Robinson is going to be stepping in as the wide receiver too, but I really have no concerns about Cup's role in this offense. He's once again going to be the wide receiver one for this team. He is going to be their clear top weapon. And even if he does regress a little bit, which I mean, he's bound to, you know, it would be almost impossible for him to repeat that insane 2021 season. I still think, you know, he's the best bet to finish as the overall wide receiver one. Now, moving over to number two, this is where I have Justin Jefferson, and he's just going to be locked in as a high-end wide receiver one this season for fantasy. Last year, he finished as the wide receiver four in points per game, and that was actually just his second season in the NFL. So he just continues to absolutely ball out. He's going to be going into the 2022 season with a very similar offense. Kirk Cousins is still going to be there. You've got Adam Thielen back as his number two. And I've talked about this the last like two years. Justin Jefferson is just going to continue to go up as Adam Thielen, you know, gradually regresses with his age. So I expect Justin Jefferson to ball out once again. And then here at number three, I have his former college teammate, Jamar Chase. Chase as a rookie finished as the wide receiver five in points per game. Very, very impressive. He was a little bit inconsistent, you know, on a week to week basis, but he more than made up for it with some of his massive boom games. And then just looking at this Bengals offense, I think they're going to take another jump forward. I've talked about this with Joe Mixon. You're going to have Jamar Chase improving. You know, he has a year of experience in the NFL. Joe Burrow should take another leap going into his now second full season, third season, you know, that rookie year. He uh, tore his ACL. This offensive line is much improved. More time for Joe Burrow. You know, obviously, then he's going to be able to distribute the ball even better than he did in 2021. So I like Jamar Chase as a high-end wide receiver one in his second NFL season. Then at number four, I have Devontae Adams. New team going from the Packers to the Raiders. Overall, I think he definitely has a slightly lower ceiling and floor, but is still a locked-in high-end wide receiver one. He's clearly going to be the top target for the Raiders but he does actually have a little bit more target competition than he did with the Packers. You know, with the Packers, there really wasn't anyone behind him. 
competing for any, you know, huge chunk of targets. Now he is Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro there. I think the passing volume for the Raiders was actually really solid last year. Derek Carr was actually sixth in passing yards per game at the quarterback position. The only problem was he just lacked passing touchdowns. I feel like that number is going to take a big jump with Devontae Adams joining this core. This is going to be a stacked division. They're going to be in a lot of shootouts. So I still think Devontae Adams can finish as a high-end wide receiver one, even though he's no longer going to be playing with Aaron Rodgers. And then I feel like we have a little bit of a tier break here. I have Devontae Adams pretty firmly here at number four. They've got a little bit of a space. And then we have Stephon Diggs here at number five. I think overall, you could say his 2021 season was a little bit disappointing, but that's just because he finished as the wide receiver three in points per game in 2020. So last season, he goes out, finishes as the wide receiver 10, which for almost any other player would be a fantastic season, but just kind of underachieved a little bit. But heading into 2022, he is still the clear number one in that Bills wide receiver room. This is going to be a high-powered passing attack. And of all these players, he just feels like a very, very safe mid-tier wide receiver one option. Following after Diggs, this is where I have Debo Samuel here at number six. And I feel like there's just a lot up in the air here with Debo. The first question is, is he going to be a 49er? That's what I would be leaning towards. We've got all these reports coming out like, oh, Debo Samuel deletes these posts. He follows this team. He unfollows this team. I don't really look into that a ton, but I do think if the Niners were going to trade him, it probably would have happened pre-draft because you kind of know what that draft capital would be looking like, what they would be bringing in. He didn't get moved, so I'm kind of going to anticipate him being on the 49ers. But the other question is, what is his usage going to be like? Is he going to continue to be used as a wide back, or is he just going to go back to being a pure wide receiver? If I had to guess, I think he'd be going back to a wide receiver. That kind of seemed like you know, where their disagreements were stemming from. Maybe he's concerned about how much he gets paid as a wide back. Maybe it's the injury concern. But looking at people's kind of perspective for fantasy, I feel like a lot of people really like him as a wide back, which, you know, I don't really think it matters a ton either way. But actually, I think I would prefer him to play as a pure wide receiver. And here is why. So Debo was the basically, you know, just a wide receiver in the 49ers first eight games last season. He averaged 20.7 PPR points per game. Obviously, those are great numbers. High-end wide receiver one. Then he switched to more of this wide back, you know, position for the last eight games. He averaged 21.7 PPR points per game. So one point per game more after he switched to the wide back. But he just became very dependent on rushing touchdowns and had a lower weekly floor because he wasn't as involved in the receiving game. He went from averaging 6.1 receptions per game to just 3.5, you know, in those first eight to those second eight. Plus, I think him playing the wide back position is just going to lead to a greater risk, you know, than him just being a pure wide receiver. So whatever role he plays, if he stays on the 49ers, he's probably going to stay here as like a mid-tier wide receiver one. And I don't see why he would move, you know, too far up or down before we head into the season. Now, I think after Debo, there's a pretty sizable tier break here. And you could go with a few different players here. At number seven, I ended up going with Deontay Johnson. And I think he is going to be very, very undervalued once again. Last year, he finished as the wide receiver nine in PPR points per game. And he did that while playing with, you know, a shell of Ben Roethlisberger. That was a flat offense. They had no explosiveness, very few big plays. And now, you know, he's going to be the wide receiver one once again with a really nice quarterback upgrade 
with Kenny Pickett. I feel like there's still this narrative out there that Deontay Johnson is just this volume guy. You know, he only played well because of Big Ben. If anything, Deontay Johnson balled out in spite of Ben Roethlisberger. He was, you know, not propelled by Big Ben. He was totally held back. So I think we could really see Deontay Johnson work as a clear alpha. He is able to win on all three levels of the field. We just haven't seen it consistently because Big Ben was not able to deliver the ball deep down the field. So I really like Deontay. And you're probably going to be able to get him as like a high-end wide receiver too, maybe even a mid-tier wide receiver too. And I think he is going to be a fantastic value in drafts this year. Now at number eight, I have Tyree Kill. And this change of teams going from the Chiefs to the Dolphins, I think everyone can agree that this is definitely a downgrade. You know, he'd probably be a high-end wide receiver one if he was still on the Chiefs. I do think he still has, you know, in the realm of possibilities, I do think he can finish as an elite wide receiver one if things do break right and everything kind of goes perfectly, but he just doesn't have the floor or security that he did when he was attached to Patrick Mahomes and that high-powered Kansas City Chiefs offense. I'm actually just really excited to see, you know, what this Dolphins offense looks like. I think it's going to be very interesting to see how Mike McDaniels manufactures these touches for both Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. I know they're both going to be yak monsters, but the question is, you know, is this offense going to be good enough to support both of these players in terms of their touchdowns? And that is still up in the air. So we will just have to wait and see about that. At number nine, we kind of know what we're going to be getting out of this player. And it is Mike Evans arguably the most consistent wide receiver on a year-to-year basis, 1,000-plus receiving yards in every single one of his seasons. He has never missed more than three games in a year, and then he's going to be returning to the most high-powered passing attack in the NFL. The Bucks throw it at the highest rate in the league, and last year he finished as the wide receiver 11 in points per game, and I do think there's room for improvement there heading into his third season with Brady. There's no more Antonio Brown Gronk hasn't committed to return. I actually do think, you know, if I had to place a bet, I do think he will come back, but we really just don't know. And so the Bucks may be even more reliant on Mike Evans than they have the past two seasons. Looking back in uh, 2020 and 2021, this team had so many weapons. There would be certain games where they wouldn't even need to target Mike Evans super heavily. They could just, you know, toss him a few passes, let him, you know, take a lot of the pressure off some of the other weapons. And that was fine because they had so many elite pass catchers. They may not have, you know, as stacked of a core heading into the 2022 season. So we could even see more volume out of Mike Evans. And then following him here at number 10, this is where I have his teammate, Chris Godwin. I think, you know, Godwin and Evans are probably the best one-two punch at wide receiver in the NFL. And I would have Chris Godwin ranked ahead of Mike Evans if it wasn't for that torn ACL. Right now, it looks like Godwin is on track to return for week one, but we're definitely still a long way away, you know, from the start of the season. And he may not be 100%. You know, maybe he does suit up week one, but he could be limited. We just do not know. But looking at Evans and Godwin, when Godwin is healthy, he is definitely the safer fantasy football option. Looking back at last year, he was the wide receiver seven in points per game. And he did that while being pretty unlucky with touchdowns, only scored six touchdowns in 14 games. And that was on a Bucks offense that was scoring a lot of points. He just has a very high weekly floor, you know, given the fact that he's more of the volume target compared to Evans, who's definitely more of, you know, the big play deep threat. If he doesn't hit on one of those massive touchdowns, you know, his floor is not looking fantastic. Now let's shift over to number 11. And this is where I have CD Lamb. Once again, just like last year, 
probably going to be lower on Lamb than the consensus. He will be taking over as the Cowboys clear-cut wide receiver one, but I don't think there's a guarantee that he's going to break out as some elite, you know, fantasy wide receiver one option. Just looking back at the past two seasons, his finishes in points per game. In 2020, he was the wide receiver 35. In 2021, he was the wide receiver 21. So his best season was a low-end wide receiver two finish. All of a sudden, he's being drafted as a mid-tier wide receiver one. I just think he's going way too close to his ceiling, and there's not a lot of account for, you know, just a potentially, you know, less dominant season. And I think the problem here is that people just don't want to accept that this Cowboys passing attack may not be elite for these top wide receivers. I was someone who was all in on this offense last year. I loved Amari Cooper, thought he had, you know, mid-tier wide receiver one potential, and he was obviously a major disappointment. And the big reason why he was not able to ball out, and same thing with CeeDee Lamb, is just that the Cowboys love to spread the ball around. You have Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard who are both consistently involved out of the backfield. And then the Cowboys love to use, you know, three wide receivers consistently. Last year, you had the trio of Lamb, Cooper, and Gallup. When Gallup went down, they plugged in Wilson. So you had Lamb, Cooper, Wilson. And I don't think Wilson is some, you know, like stud, but he was consistently getting the ball. So I do think, you know, whoever it is, whoever, you know, breaks out as the wide receiver three for the Cowboys, they're going to be involved on a week to week basis. And then you also had Dalton Schultz emerge as a legit receiving threat. So there are just a lot of cooks in the kitchen there. And I think Lamb is a great wide receiver. I think he's going to be very solid for fantasy, but I will just not be taking him as like a mid-tier wide receiver one. So I'm just, you know, a little bit lower on Lamb than consensus, but you know, don't misconstrue this for me hating on Lamb. I think he's a very solid wide receiver. I just think if, you know, this offense had a few fewer weapons, he could be that guy, but I'm just not willing to bank on it in this season. And then to wrap up the top 12, this is where I have Keenan Allen. I feel like this last spot could have gone to a few different players. A lot of these guys are in the same tier, but looking at Keenan Allen, he is just one of the safest wide receivers that you can find in fantasy football. He was the wide receiver 12 in points per game last year, and that was with only scoring six touchdowns in 16 games. He's never been someone who's a huge touchdown guy, but it is nice that he doesn't have to totally rely on them for his fantasy production. He scored double-digit fantasy points in 15 out of his 16 games. That is absurd consistency. And then just looking at this Chargers offense, it's going to be very similar to what they had in 2021. Obviously, it was very successful last year. So I think once again, he's going to be on a great offense operating as the wide receiver one. It's really a great spot to be here for Keenan Allen. And then before I wrap these up, I do just want to talk about some honorable mentions. We've got three guys here, T. Higgins, DK Metcalf, and AJ Brown. For T. Higgins, if you had him, you know, number 11, number 12, I would be totally fine with that. I feel like he's just right on the outside looking in. And I think, you know, it's very likely that he does finish, you know, in the top 12 or just on the outside. The reason why he just missed is I just don't know if he has that elite, you know, wide receiver one ceiling because we know that Jamar Chase is the alpha there, but I still really like Higgins. You know, if you're drafting and you go running back, running back third round, you're looking for a wide receiver, I think T. Higgins would be a really solid option there. DK Metcalf, we know is extremely talented. This quarterback situation is just not ideal. And you do have other guys like Tyler Lockett, Noah Fant. You know, how much passing volume is there really going to be? And can they support DK Metcalf as a fantasy wide receiver? One, that is still up in the air. And then we have A.J. Brown here. Definitely takes a hit going to the Eagles. You know, he goes from a very low volume passing attack 
to another low-volume passing attack with arguably a worse passing quarterback. We know the Eagles are going to run the ball. He's also got more target competition there. So I wonder if they switch up this offense, but I'm just not super high on A.J. Brown heading into the uh, 2022 season. But I do think he is still a high-end wide receiver too, just because we do know how talented he is. So let's just run through this top 12 you know, one more time as a recap. Number one, Cooper Cup. Number two, Justin Jefferson. Number three, Jamar Chase. Number four, Devontae Adams. Number five, Stephon Diggs. Six, Debo Samuel. Seven, we've got Deontay Johnson. Eight, Tyreek Hill. Nine, Mike Evans. 10, Chris Godwin. 11, C.D. Lamb. And then number 12, Keenan Allen. And that is going to wrap it up for this video. Like I said at the top, if you enjoyed it, you know you stuck around all the way through. Thank you. And uh, just do me a huge favor, like the video, subscribe to the channel if you have not already. Thank you guys for stopping by. And then uh, I'll see you guys tomorrow when I do my quarterback rankings or tight ends, you know, one of those two in the next two days. So thank you guys, and I'll see you next time.